Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Isn't it cool to come and worship and sing those songs that just allow us to move in and be thankful for things? So as God, we just move into that moment of worship and we move into just talking. We thank you for what's about to happen. We give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, you're trying to build something. Allow us to remove ourselves from the circumstances and be humbly committed and obedient to your word, to your worship. And God, for those who are just leaning in here for the very first time, may they feel safe. May they feel at peace. May they understand the love that we're talking about this this morning. It's a love that can literally change lives. God, those songs we just sang literally are coming from the Bible. You split the sea. You split the sea wide open for your people to not only have freedom, but to understand the love you have for them, that you would take care of them. Today, when we see that, may it be revealed in a way that allows us to lean in even more and trust you with all that we are and all we're going to be. God, I just pray today be the day that the Lord has made and it changes our lives as we walk out of here together and we understand fully that we love what we build. Jesus, that's my prayer. In your name, amen. And so before we get started, there's been some amazing things happen over the past week as people just sort of continue to to dive in to to love built this. And and so I just wanted to give you a quick update before we get started this morning. Last week, we hosted that love built this offering, and and that happens every single year at the beginning of the month of May. And and that bucket in the back of the connection point that says love built this is, is an opportunity for us to give back in a way that allows us to go further faster. And you can do that by giving. And you can do it online. You can do it through a give back bucket. You can, you can do it in so many different ways. Maybe it's just your time. And, and I encourage you to go over and check out some of the things. Maybe just sneak a peek through a window. But over at the Bluegrass Butter King, man, we got some walls and floors up. and It's really turning over. And we're going to see God move over the next three or four weeks. And, and hopefully we'll get her in there. And we'll start to see some love coming out of that location. At the same time, we're going to be focusing a lot of our attention and energy into the core area. And so that's going to be happening next. And so if you have have some capacity or some time this week, this is a plea. Hey, just come see me or text me, and we're going to be over working over there on Tuesdays and Thursday nights and Saturdays over the next couple of weeks, and we're just going to knock that stuff out and see what God can do with it, because we know that love's building something, but it, it's going to take some time and energy from us. And the other way you can give and give back is, is by a financial donation or a gift, and you love what you build, right? So last week, last week, you guys gave in an extraordinary way, and, and I don't know the exact numbers, but let's, let's just say it's just rounded up just a little bit, but it's around $15,000 that came in online and here in the bucket. So thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for being a part of that and giving back. And collectively, if you add up last year, what we collected, you know, that's around $40,000 that's already been used and going towards those remodel and everything else. And so we're well on our way of what God's doing there. But hey, you can still be a part of that. And one way you can be a part of this that literally doesn't require much time of your energy and it doesn't require much of your financial contribution, but it does require your mouth is to share your story. Last week, we ended with that, to share your story. And that's how this thing works, is if you get excited about what's next and you continue to share your story about how God is moving in this place and how God's going to use that to build something special. And when that takes place, man, only God's going to get the credit for what's next. And so I just want to say thank you for doing all three things, by serving of your time, by serving through your giving, and by sharing your story, I believe we're going to see something really special come this summer. And if you don't know about this summer, let me just quickly tell you, um, there's only a couple more Sundays left here in the loft. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will, because, you know, some of y'all are going to show up on June 2nd and be like, where's everybody? And you're like, I didn't know nothing about it. And I'm like, yeah, you did. You wasn't paying attention. You were sleeping there in church, you know. So, and some of you are, so wake up. You know, uh, but for everybody else, hey, yeah, we only got two more Sundays up here in the loft. I mean, this one and then two more. So this is going to be exciting. You do not want to miss the last service, by the way, up here in the loft. I know it's Memorial Day weekend and all, but hey, come here first, then go to the lake. If the lake is, it's probably freezing anyway, so you don't want to be in the lake. Anyway, so, you know, just come here and then just go do whatever, you know, we'll go have a barbecue or something. But I promise you, you don't want to miss out on what God's going to do here in that last day. Invite some friends. Here's what I know. I have friends that literally say, man, we want to come to the loft. We want to come to the loft. We, we want to, we, for the last five and a half years, man, you've been trying to come to the loft. Hey, you only got two more Sundays, and it's over rover up here, okay? We're going missional after that for the next three months. We're going missional, which means we're going to gather around tables. We're going to do some stuff over at the warehouse. We're going to work on Sundays. We're going to tell our stories on Sundays. We're going to be proud of that. We're going to do some community things on Sundays. It's just going to look different. We're going to challenge you to look different. Isn't that what the Bible calls us out to be Christians in the first place, right? First Peter calls us to be what? Different. And if we're going to be different, we're going to be different. And through the summer months, God's given us, I want you to hear this word, he's given us an opportunity to do it. The question is, will we? Will we stick with it? And we say, love's going to build something. Do we trust it? Do we trust it? Do we trust love enough to build something extraordinary for this community? in a way that can change lives that what? And I believe it's possible, but it starts with you. It literally starts with you. And if we can get this right, if we can get this right, if we can get this right, I believe it can change not only our community, but the community around us and literally have a ripple effect around the world. And that's what excites me the most about this opportunity because many churches have already looked at me and said, you're doing what for the summer? Are are you kidding me? And, And one guy said, is that even legal? I was like, did you even read your Bible? <laughs> you know? I mean, we have so messed up sometimes worship because it's all about this on Sundays. We're really getting back. To, there's a song that I love so much. It's called Getting Back to the Heart of Worship. And that's what we're getting ready to get ourselves into. And I'm excited about it. And I can't wait to do it with you this coming summer as we literally learn how to walk and breathe alongside each other in community by building something that only God can get the credit for. And so that starts June 2nd over at the warehouse, and I encourage you to be there throughout the summer series because it's going to be a fun one to be around. And so, and especially if you like to construct, you definitely want to be around. Uh, and so, uh, but it, here's, here's the big idea for the day. 
Love built this, and we're going to talk about women. We know Adam was first, but then we know that there was a companionship that was needed, and her name was? You all read the Bible. Good job. So there's a woman named Eve that sort of set things in motion for everybody, right? And it has been said, it has been said ever since that moment, behind every great man is a faithful woman lifting up the arms of her what? Husband. And since the beginning of time, women have contributed so much to society, time does not permit to tell of each contribution around the world or even even in this room. I know there's some amazing women in this room that have done done some amazing things and have changed the culture. And, 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 And in biblical culture, it is the woman who primarily raised and cared for the children. Thus, they were the greatest examples children had from day to day, which honestly shaped the culture that they were in. And throughout history, what we know is women have contributed to great arts, right? Music, theology, education, exploration, adventure, and more. I mean, literally, even extreme sports. Come on, I love me some extreme sports. You know, they have done some great things. And what we know about Proverbs is this, Proverbs 31, it says depicts a strong, godly woman as someone who runs her business, right, and her home, and her home, and all while making everyone, especially her husband and children, proud. Proud. It's because she knows what love built in herself. It's how you get to this point. She knows what love looks like. It's an overflow. It becomes an overflow out of you that literally can change the culture. And that's what she's talking about in Proverbs. And it says at the outset, let me say it this way, if you haven't heard it, it is your desire to have children, right? If it's your desire to have children and you're struggling with this, we mentioned just a minute ago with infertility instead, days like this, or maybe you've never had a child yet, days like this could be awkwardly painful. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, God knows exactly where you're at and he cares about your deepest concerns and your cares and we are with you. We are sitting beside you. I hope and pray that you feel the Father's love this morning in a way that can literally change your heart and move closer to him. And for all mothers, whether old or new, we love you and we thank you for what you do in life. Because what you do matters, and we just want to celebrate that. And so I was celebrating some things this week, even in the most simplest of ways with moms, and just looking around what moms have accomplished over time and where they've, where they've changed trajectory of, of life. And I was thinking about sitting around literally the, the, the kitchen table, and as I was looking, you know, I was thinking about women who have shaped and altered the future and the culture that I live in. And thank God for this woman named Mrs. Buttersworth, you know? I mean, come on, pancakes are not nearly as good without Miss Butterworth, right? And, and not to forget Aunt Jemima. Man, pancakes don't get any better than that one, right? I mean, for women who have created, think about this, for women who have created to women who have changed the world, women play a huge part in our history of our upbringing. Come on, right? Thank God for people like that. And if we go into detail, though, think about this. Consider this woman. Her name is Corey Ten Boom. What a great name, by the way. Corrie Ten Boom, my mom's name, right? A single woman in her entire life who was responsible for hiding many Jews away from the Nazi Holocaust. What a bold and courageous woman who certainly left a legacy of great influence because she saved so many lives. If we want to say this phrase, change lives, what? Change lives? We could go down the road with Corrie Ten Boom, couldn't we? 
And what about this woman? Her name is Elizabeth Elliot, who was a missionary to a, a, a husband, Jim, who was killed by the same people, by the same people who she continued to reach through love. You see, Elizabeth stayed on the mission field and contributed to raise her daughter and, and reach out to the very tribe that killed and executed her husband. And what a great example of biblical strength and character when the, when the culture finally shifted and found Jesus to be the center of their life through one Elizabeth. Crazy stories changed the world. Amy Carmichael was a single woman and a missionary in India who started an orphanage for sexually trafficked girls and also boys. And she was called Amma. Amma is the word for mother. And she would go on to write many, many books and telling her story that changed a culture in India. You see, my prayer is this, is, is for women listening today, either here or online, is simple. Whatever God's calling is on your life today, is his desire is that you use your influence in the location where he has placed you to build on his love and to share it in so many ways that changes lives, that change lives. You see, you have the power to change lives, believe it or not especially if you follow Jesus Christ. And my question is, is how are you allowing God to use your situation to impact the world right now? A lot of us say, oh, I can't do that. I can't tell my story. You don't know my story. It doesn't matter if I know the whole story. God does, and he wants to use it. And maybe it's not the time to use it this moment, but you can still share it in different ways. You see, women are not empowered by social principles, which we think we are. Women are not empowered by their homes, but sometimes we think we are. Women are not empowered by their workplace. Girls and teens, you are not empowered by the clothes you wear or the people you hang out with. Girls, ladies, women, and men alike are all empowered by the deep down God-given worth that he calls you son or daughter. And see, God has a plan of influence for each person in this room, an individual in this life. And what is God's plan of influence for you today is my question. Are you fulfilling it? Are you leaning into it? Are you really, really, really leaning into what God is trying to get your undivided attention to? Or have you gotten distracted by it? Have you pulled away? Have you pulled away from the plan that he has marked out for you? And my question, bigger question, are you even still seeking a plan followed, following Jesus? Is that even possible? And so today I, I want to take a few minutes to, to build on, on what love can do when it moves people. And especially when women, when, when women understand today that we're designed for more, where we are to do more because Literally, we are made for it. We are made for more. I know some of you are like, you don't, there's no way I'm made for more. Yeah, honestly, we are. You see, there's a story in the book of Acts. Acts 16, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and crack them, turn them on, whatever you need to do. But Acts 16 is a great 
great book, especially chapter, that allows us to lean in to understand that there's possibly more to the story than meets the eye. Get my transformer there out right there. But Acts 16 is about a woman named Lydia. And it's right in the middle. It's, it's sort of hidden. But she was originally from, from this land called Thyatira, but was living in, in, in Philippi when she met Paul on his second missionary journey. Now, it's, it's very, very curious to find out that when we say they're, they're made for more, that this right here, a little piece, there's something more that's going to be told in a different story at the very end. And I don't want you to miss out on this stuff because it's important on what she did. And so if you got your Bibles, let's look at Acts 16, just a couple short verses here, and then I'm going to invite somebody up to share with me. Acts 16, 13 through 15, here it goes. On the Sabbath, and so Paul and them have already moved in, they're camping out in the city, and they understand what's going on. And so on the Sabbath, it says that we went outside the city gate to the river. We went outside to the city gate to the river. And when we expected to find a place of prayer, and we sat down and we began to speak to, to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. And she was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. And if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Now, she was a seller of purple cloth, you know, which what this, which the city was known for, which was famous for, being a center in indigo trade, you know, purple. And so Lydia apparently had moved to, to Philippi to, to work her trade in that city where you work, live, and play, right? And so what we know is archaeologists have found among the ruins of, of Thyatira inscriptions relating to, to the dyer's guild in the city. Now, I know it's kind of crazy, and so you have to go with me for just a second, right? I'm going to teach you some history this morning, though. Is it possible that Lydia was a member of this guild, but, but there is no evidence in the Bible to prove the detail of all this because they don't want us to really go down and understand all the detail. They just want us to lean into knowing the full story of what you build, right? But the truth is, it's possible. Just like what you guys are doing. There's not a detailed storyline of everything that you touch or get your hands involved with, but we know it's true because there's evidence sitting around this room. Now, if we keep on diving in, however, what we do know is, is recorded in the Bible is that Lydia was a worshiper. She was a worshiper of God in Acts 16, 14. And when Paul found her, she was honoring the Sabbath, which means likely as a Jew, she, the, the, the account of Lydia's conversion says that she was, was gathered with a group of other women on the Sabbath at a place, a prayer near the river outside of Philippi. And the fact that Paul, Timothy, Luke, and Silas came to the river to speak, to speak to the woman most likely indicates that here it is, guys. I hate to say it this way, but here's this is the truth. It indicates this fact that there were not enough Jewish men in Philippi that were following God. Sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? There wasn't enough men doing what they're being asked to do what they're being called to do. There's the better one, or what love can build through them if they just go out and do it. But he found some women that were doing it. He leans into them, 
and says, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, you're worshiping God. Let me show you about God. Let me tell you about the God that has changed my life. Let me tell you, I met him, man, on the road to Damascus. I'm telling you, man, I used to be, I used to be Saul, but now I'm Paul. Let me tell you the story. Let me tell you the life change that's happened in me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And the next thing you know, you got a conversion taking place because she's worshiping God, but she doesn't know really know God here, here, or she knows God here, but she doesn't know him here. And the next thing you know, man, we've got a life-changing story taking place on the riverside with Lydia. So Lydia heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time. And the Bible says that God opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was saying in Acts. And after she believed, After she believed, Lydia was baptized along with the rest of her household. Whether her household refers to her family or there were servants included in the number, it is unclear to the biblical accounts. After Lydia's conversion and baptism, she insisted that Paul and her friends come and stay at her house. And if they judged her to be a believer in the Lord, in verse 15, Luke says that she prevailed upon us, which indicates the fervency, the fervency, you know, of her desires to be hospitable hospitable. I'm one with Christ. Now you need to come into my house. What is mine is yours. Acts 2. And see, the missionaries did not indeed judge Lydia to be a true believer, but, but they stayed at her home in, while in Philippi. So that means Lydia immediately started building on what love was doing in her life. It, is used to, it was used to be her work, but now is, is her passion for Jesus. And she used her work to build on what love was doing in her life. And and it changed everything where she worked, where she lived, where she played. You see, Lydia's conversion marks the start of a new era in the Bible. See, up until that point, the gospel had not gone further than the, the west of Asia Minor. In fact, on this journey, Paul's original intention had been to stay in Asia. But God changed his plan through a dream. And the Lord sent Paul on a vision calling westward to the, the Aegean Sea, which is native to the Macedonian area. And Lydia, although a native of Asia Minor, is the first person, is the first person recorded to have been saved in Europe. Now, why is that relatable to us here in the loft? Because everything North America or our churches that have in common is one thing. It can all point back to the Paul's missionary journey that went over to Europe. Hello, center point. We are related to what took place at this moment. It could be birthed off a moment that was birthed through Lydia's conversion. I mean, come on, does that not get you fired up for Mother's Day? Thank God for a mom who got it. That is impressive, y'all. And the next thing you know, God has huge plans to build something that you can't even see, but it's all because of love built this. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. Coincidence? No. Because God has a huge plan to do something immeasurably more that only he could get the credit for. You see, later in biblical history, if you just read your Bible just a little bit, You see, we discovered that there's a church called the Thyatira. There's a church now in Thyatira. If you don't believe me, look in Revelations 2. Revelations, you know, John's writing all these churches. He's writing letters to all these churches. And in here, in verse 2, verse 18, Paul, or excuse me, John writes a letter to this church. Now then, how did this church get there? Where her home city is? It's because of her. There's no other explanation for it. 
Now, Paul did not visit this city or any of his missionary journeys. We have no record of who might have established the church. But could it be possible that Lydia went back home with her passion for Jesus and said, you got to know Jesus. And she built something called the Church of Thyatira. Is it possible? Yes. Is it recorded that way? No. I'm just reading between the lines. I'm connecting the dots. It's like going to Shoney's or wherever, you know. I'm going to show my old school. But connecting the little dots, one to two, two to three, three to four. I'm connecting the dots. She fell in love with Jesus on a riverside and went back home to her hometown where she worked, lived, and played. And she said, I got to share something with you because it made a huge impact in my life. And when she started to do that, you can fill in the gaps for the rest of this sentence. You build what you love. Because see, she was a wealthy person dealing with cloth, right? Purple cloth. She could have kept on building what she loved with that. But she took a tray, put it to the side, and she camped all, and she went all, and she decided to go all in on Jesus. And it built something only, only Jesus can get the credit for, because it not only impacted a culture that made the Bible in Revelations 2.18, but it literally made it to North America and eventually to Kentucky eventually to a place we call home. And with that being said, I will say this one more time. You build what you love. You are a family. We hurt when you hurt. When you love, we love even more because it encourages us. And that goes vice versa. The most beautiful thing that I can see that is, you know, depicted in the Bible is, is found in Acts 2. It says when they devoted themselves to the teachings of the apostle and they found favor in that and they broke bread together, meaning they got to be around the same table. You can't go to Arby's and eat all the time by yourself. You have to be around the same table to laugh, to hold each other accountable, to have a messy table that you can love one another on so you can grow old and and wise together. Maybe not for everybody, the wise part, you still mess up. But the truth is, we need to be around the same table and enjoy it while we get this one chance to do life together because it's gone in a flash of an eye. The truth is this, though. The people around us, when they see us doing this well, they want to know the secret. Don't they? They want to know what's up. I have people all the time ask, ask this question about her. Why is she so bubbly? Why is she so full of life? Why is she this? I'm like, if you knew her mom, maybe. Definitely if you know her dad, nope. That's not a slam on pops. We love him. It's just that no, she knows the father. Proverbs talks about that. A woman who knows the Lord, man, shall be praised. So well done. And I pray that over you, mom, moms, that we do this life and we do it well. And we learn how to do this together in a way that can change lives that change lives. And may Mother's Day 2019 be a day of reckoning as we build on love. A love that's already been started in you. We just got to continue the journey together and watch what it does. 
watch what it unfolds, and watch what it creates when we do it together. So today, that's what I'm excited about. We get the chance to do life together. The question is, will we? Will we take that next step? Will we push forward and we understand that the love of the Father is moving through all of us? So there's my challenge. Where are you at with God? Because it's changed our lives. And we just want to be a part of yours. We want to see what God can do with it. And we just want to pray for you, love on you, cry with you, laugh with you, and do life with you. Because that's what matters. And in the middle of it all, hey, we're just going to grow old, get a little grayer and a little bit more wrinkles together. But we get to do this. We get to pass it on. We get to pass it on and give our kids a chance to dance on something, a floor, a platform, an opportunity, or a warehouse. We don't know what that looks like. We're just going to trust God in the journey. So let me pray for us. We're going to sing a couple songs. Hey, man, pray. Ask God to move. Altar's open. We're going to be here to pray with you. But let's just go to the Father. Jesus, I thank you for today, and I thank you for what you're doing. But more importantly, I just pray, and I thank you for the opportunities that we have just to, just to respond to you, to lean into your love, to celebrate moms across the world. Even in this room, we honor them. We thank for them. Lord, just allow us to understand what you're asking from us. And may we just move into that moment. God, we trust you with this. We're thankful for this. And more importantly, we're thankful for your presence here right now. God, we love you. In your name, amen.